Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work. Good afternoon and welcome to Engage Success Show 280, the impact listening to your employees can have on engagement. So today we're going to be talking about uh, about which industry has the most stressed out employees, how many people actually look forward to going to work each morning, and why are some of the most highly engaged employees planning to leave their company in the near future. So we're going to be uh, having a look at the conversation about the Qualtrics recent survey of 5,000 employees and also talking just generally about the uh, the, the uh, market and the, the um, industry at the moment around engagement and uh, asking for feedback from, from our employees. I'm Jo Dodds, your host for today. I'm an engagement consultant working within the Engage Success core team and the Engage Success movement is an inclusive movement committed to the idea that there is a better way to work by releasing more of the capability and potential of people at work. We spread the word about employee engagement and shine a light on good practice, and we're widely supported across the UK, involving the public, private, and third sectors. If you go to our website, which is engagesuccess.org, you can use the link at the bottom in the footer to join our newsletter list, and we mail out on a weekly basis generally, and all our social media links are there too. And my guest today is Sarah Mars, who's Principal Consultant for Employee Experience at Qualtrics. So welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining me. Hello. Thank you very much for having me back. Lovely. So we do have a small delay because I, I thought, oh, she's not here, even though I knew you were. <laughs> well, I'll try not to talk over you I too am. much. <laughs> Thank you. So start by, start by telling us a bit about who you are and what you do with Qualtrics. Sure. So um, I am someone who's worked in the, um, what was, I suppose, the employee engagement industry now, I guess, is more sort of a more of a holistic employee feedback, employee experience industry. Um, So I've worked in that industry for about 10 years now. Um, So I would have spent most of my time uh, actually working in in the traditional consulting space with Hay Group, um, who were then acquired by Corn Ferries. um, who running those large scale engagement surveys. And um, since Early 2015, I have been with Qualtrics, um, where I've worked in a number of roles um, within within our organization. Qualtrics is a tech company. Um, we help organizations measure experiences. That is, we help organizations get feedback from their customers, from their employees, from their consumers on the different experiences that those people have with them. Um, and I have worked within a, a number of different capacities as we've, we've grown the business throughout Europe. So consulting directly with customers and leading our delivery teams. And um, I currently head up our um, delivery organization. So that's consultants and project managers for our employee experience division across EMEA. Talk a little bit to begin with about the concept of, as you said, the, the holistic mm. way of uh, looking at um, mm. what was we would call employee engagement. You're you're calling employee mm-hmm. experience and moving into a sort of slightly different mm-hmm. field. And, and also, I'm just interested in the fact that you're mm-hmm. asking questions of not just employees as well. So um, it's, it, it's mm-hmm. as you say, quite a sort of um, more uh, broad level, I guess, when you're looking at that sort of engagement, that experience. So, how how are things changing within the industry, and where where has this come from? Mm-hmm. So um, I think the very simple way to characterize it is, you know, what, what we haven't done is sort of tried to create a new metric um, or a new way of measuring things. So back in the day, 
when I first started in this industry, it was an IP industry. It was a metric industry. So you would go to market with your model and your model was sort of proven and validated to measure, um, you know, what the, the components and the constructs that it needed to measure. And that was, that was generally engagement. Um, and I think when we talk about measuring employee experience, it's less about taking um, a single measurement from employees at a single point in time on, you know, in, in, in the case of engagement and, in, 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 you know, that's measuring their psychological processes at that time and measuring how they feel about the organization at that time um, and actually measuring things that are a bit more tangible um, at relevant points in time to the employee. So rather than, you know, how that manifests itself in terms of the work that we do with customers, really the, it's the minority of our customers now that are just doing a once a year engagement measure um, or a once a year survey at all. The vast, vast majority of our customers and certainly one of the largest areas of growth for us is what we call life cycle feedback, which is this concept of checking in with employees um, at different points in time in their tenure with an organization. And sometimes you want to measure, you do want to measure, you know, psychological processes at that time. Sometimes you do want to measure things like engagement and, um, you know, uh, um, maybe their intent to stay or the commitment that they feel towards the organization. All of those things are valid to measure. But equally, you might just as simply want to find out when they're onboarding with an organization, did you get, have you received your mobile phone? Have you received your laptop? You know, have you met with the people you'll be working with? Has your manager sat down and had a one-to-one -one conversation? Um, so I, I think that it, it's changing a little bit from, you know, yes, the, the organizational psychology is still extremely important, but there's also just a whole kind of uh, heap of processes and systems and practicality and, and, and what it feels like to walk into a company for the first time, what it feels like to go through a hiring process with a company. You know, how are you enabled when you switch roles? Um, how are you enabled when, with, the, with the tools that you have? You know, when you go in and you use the systems within an organization, you know, can you get what you need to get done easily or is it frustrated? Um, and I think when we talk about tools to measure the employee experience, it's really about shifting from just a once a year survey event um, to things that feel like they're meeting employees much more in the moment. And that might be, as I said, through um, kind of very targeted lifecycle events. So we're able to target people when they reach a certain tenure. We're able to target them after 30 days, 90 days, a year. We're able to target people after they counted in their notice. Um, we could even target people, you know, for if they relocate and switch companies, switch countries. And we're able to um, get surveys out to them at different points and feedback. One of the one of the things that we'll be working on and releasing next year is how we target people, um, you know, where they are at work, um, and and really, you know, for the vast majority of companies, that that means where they are in the digital workplace, you know, where what systems are they using. So we're actually um, releasing a feature next year to start targeting people, you know, as they might be using a tool at work, as they might be visiting a certain um, piece of information that you might have created for them, and, and start to gather feedback from them in that moment to understand if the tools that they're using are helping them to meet customer needs or if the information that they're giving them is useful or how are they reacting to different pieces of communication across the organization. So um, for me, measuring the employee experience is about really, you know, reaching out and, and connecting with people um, through any number of different experiences that they might be having in the workplace, removing 
any burden or removing any inefficiency that might be happening to, to understand how messages are resonating and, and understand any subsequent kind of psychological processes that might be happening as a result. So that is a whole heap. Mm-hmm. There's an awful mm-hmm. lot wrapped up in there and plenty of us to, to talk through. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, what, what I'm hearing, given I, I talk mm-hmm. about employee voice and I, I, I talk to managers mm-hmm. about the fact that it's it's not about just asking people for, for views and then sort of scurrying away and mm. resolving whatever no. they you know, complained about or whatever. We talk very much about no, it being yeah. a, a collaborative process where the employees are part yeah. of the solution and all that sort of stuff. It strikes me that yeah. if you were doing what you're doing in one way, it could become a bit more like the old style ask a question and then go off and use the data thing. I'm assuming, yeah. <laughs> maybe you'll tell me different, but I'm assuming that um, – what you're doing has a, a whole mm. sophistication around feeding back and, in, and involving people with that data for it to mm. drive this change and, and keep people engaged. T- tell us more about what you do when yeah. you do the surveys and how you then interact with the employee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's a couple of things. So the first thing is that there's no such thing as surveys for survey's sake. So every, every survey, every piece of feedback should have someone who's listening at the other end and someone who needs that information to make a decision. Um, to drive an action mm. so there should be an owner you know for, for any of these things that you want to survey on and, and I think we typically would find that there is an owner you know within an organization um, so that should be somebody who's prepared to listen and, and, and really you know understand what can and can't be done um, the other thing is then how does that get fed back and you're exactly correct and I think it's certainly something that we you know encourage our customers to move away from this notion of sort of parent child you know that, that we're going to sort of fix all yeah, these problems yeah. now um, and I you know depending on the type of feedback you use or depending on the type of feedback you gather you know there are ways to um, disseminate that feedback or to, to, to involve employees in that in that feedback at an individual level or at a team level. Those would be the sort of the two levels that I would see are most appropriate to try and involve employees in and, and sort of close the loop with them. Um, so at an individual mm-hmm. level, um, something that we've seen customers do more and more, but it's still not the norm. I'd still like to see more take up with our customers is that we actually can create little individual reports at the end of a survey experience. Um, or we can create different paths at the end of a survey experience. So we can, you know, if somebody answers a certain way against a subset of questions, um, and maybe those questions are actually things that an employee themselves can impact. Um, once this, once they finish taking the survey, we can actually give them a little report that says, hey, you know, sorry to hear that you don't feel that there's career opportunities for you here or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, you know, actually, um, we'd love for you to you know, explore different options. Here's a template for a personal development plan. You know, here's a guideline for an agenda meeting with your manager, you know, about different career opportunities, something like that, you know, something to help them take ownership of things. Um, and you can do that in a very targeted way. You know, you can, you can say, well, these are the items that we want employees to take more ownership of. And the same applies to teams. You know, these are the items that we want teams to take more ownership of. Um, so that's very, that's something that that's definitely doable. And I think that's a really nice way to, maybe shift the conversation from being so much you said we did, you know, um, which was definitely mm, the norm yeah. um, a while ago. And the other thing that we are seeing, actually, companies come to us more and more, and they're challenging us with this because there's a bit of logistical complexity involved, is they want us not only to release dashboards, and dashboards is how Qualtrics does our reporting. We don't, we don't run offline reports. We have online dashboards. 
Um, they mm -hmm. want us to release dashboards to all employees in the organization. So they actually don't want to have this sort of, you know, very um, the hierarchical kind of approach to rolling out results where employees have to wait for their managers to give them access to results. They want everyone to get that email and they want all employees to be able to access team results and just be very, very transparent with the feedback. And obviously, you, mm, you know, you mm. wouldn't show all sensitive information, you wouldn't show comments, you know, and things like that. But I think that's really quite um, interesting and quite revolutionary, you know, certainly from the work that I was doing even just four or five years ago, um, that we're now in a place where organizations are coming to us and saying, actually, we want to have as much transparency as possible with employees with these results, because we want them to be involved in the whole process, not just yeah. giving feedback and then waiting. We want them to be really actively involved through the whole listening to the feedback and then doing something about it. Yeah, yeah, I love that idea. And I worked with an organization a while ago, a fairly big organization who, um, mm -hmm. you know, did a, a big survey and then they, they pulled together all the feedback and it was all being disseminated. And it was clear that there were pockets of the organization where the message was being changed or um, sanitized yeah. or not yeah. even communicated yeah. depending on how well yeah. the results had gone and uh, and of course that immediately just creates that that mistrust and that sort of you know what's the point of answering totally. the question if, if that that happens totally. doesn't it so um yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I call the disengaging so, engagement survey so just <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Box yeah. Exercise, so nothing yeah, so we talked at the, the beginning about some of the sort of things that have come out mm. of the survey um, that you've done mm. recently, and um, I know there's a, there's a few themes, there's um, stress that I think it would be good to perhaps mm. pick up on, and um, you know we talked about, or we, we've said we'll find a bit about you know how many people are looking forward to going to work each morning. Um, the bit that, that caught mm. my eye was the bit about. Um, why are some of the most highly engaged employees planning to leave their company in the near future? Mm. Why is mm. that happening? I mean, that sounds like a real surprise. You sort of imagine you've got them engaged and, and yeah. they'll still be here, you know, yeah. in three years' time or whatever. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think, um, so one of the things that, that has come out of this piece of work and as I've really started thinking about naturally we've started trying to separate and engagement and intent to stay um, as really looking at them as, as two separate metrics. Because one of the things that we are finding mm. is that those two, you know, it used to be, um, and certainly when I grew up on this stuff, you know, it was very much um, intent to stay is a component of engagement. Um, therefore, you know, if you are engaged, you will in, want to stay with the organization. And I'm not, I'm not sure, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I haven't done any sort of, you know, we've done this research, uh, you know, thousands of employees, as you say. So this, this research is, is robust, but it's not, it's not sort of, you know, a strict academic environment. And it's not, it's not sort of longitudinal mm. or anything like that. So we have to, we have to have some caveats. It does have some limitations, but it, it does point to something that I suspect and something I've seen more and more with my customer work, which is maybe the two of them do not go side by side all the time. Um, and maybe mm. people can be quite, quite engaged you know in the way that we define engagement which is that they're committed to the organization that's really I mean that's really how um, when you're working with the big traditional consultancies that's really what they're measuring they're actually measuring how committed you are to the organization a lot of them wouldn't measure um, maybe you know that deeper connection to the work 
um, or that kind of mm. bigger energy, you know, what, what they call work engagement in the in the sort of academic world, you know. Um, but but I don't know that that necessarily translates anymore into people saying that they want to stay. And when we dug a little bit more into the research and we looked at what it was that that was seemed to be making the difference there, we actually found um, that there was a connection there with stress. Um, so what we found is that the um, the people who were most engaged were the people who were um, who were never stressed. If that makes sense. But we actually found that the second yeah. most engaged group were the people that were always stressed. So if you were saying, if you told us in, in this research that you were always stressed at work, it still meant that you were highly engaged, which is a very interesting finding. Um, mm. What we then found when we looked at it around intent to stay is we found that if you told us that you were never stressed in work, then you definitely wanted to stay with the organization. But if you told us that you were always stressed in work, that dropped by 20 percentage points. Um, so these people who are saying, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm highly engaged. I'm, I'm always stressed, but I'm highly engaged are also saying I'm always stressed, but I, I don't really intend to stick around in this job. Um, and mm. Even, and even though it's sort of at first it sounds quite counterintuitive, actually, when you look at um, the research that's been done on burnout and on work engagement, that completely holds true. So, so um, the, from the academic world, the research that's been done looking at burnout, it's kind of like the light burns brightest, you know, before it, before it goes. Um, the candle, the flame burns yeah. brightest before it burns out, essentially. And, and, and so you might be, you might come from a place of extremely intense engagement, you know, and extremely intense energy with your work and with your job. Um, but it's just not sustainable. And you start to burn out. And I wondered now, whether yeah. in, mm -hmm. in this research, that's what we're starting to pick up. We're saying, okay, people who are feeling stressed are saying, yeah, you know, I'm engaged. I'm feeling stress, I'm feeling the stress, I'm feeling the workload, um, but I'm not going to stick it out. It's not sustainable for me, and I'm not going to stick around for the long term. Hmm. So on the face of that, that makes you then start to think, mm. oh, we've been saying we should engage people, you know, for mm. many years now, and it's obviously a big mm. theme in Engage Success, funny enough. Mm. <laughs> and mm. are we... Are we are we trying to encourage people to be more stressed? I mean, that, that doesn't sound right either, does it? <laughs> no, no. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say that this, we're not saying that, you know, stress causes engagement by no means. Um, but I think it's fair to say there's a relationship between the two, which you would, if you didn't mm. care, you wouldn't get stressed about it. You know, I think you, you can understand how that might be the case. Yeah. 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 And I guess that then comes down to, a lot of the work that's being done around well-being and and, and yeah sort of using the as you say that sort of the positive yeah. sides of stress yeah. to, to get the job done in a good way and keep people engaged but actually right. not pushing it to the point where it goes the opposite yeah. way I think that's going to be a huge mm -hmm. area I'm personally very very interested in that area I'm lucky enough to meet I was lucky enough to meet with a company called Thrive um earlier was last week early last week um so they are a company was founded by ariana huffington it's kind of her next venture after the oh, Huffington post mm. um and they yeah. offer yeah. full well-being solutions and they measure all of this stuff they actually help organizations measure um you know eating habits and and obviously work-life balance and, and stress and burnout but but they help 
so people monitor maybe how much sleep are they getting you know are you taking a lunch break am i eating well am i exercising regularly um they teach sort of positive habits around you know taking a deep breath getting up during a meeting and stretching having a walk around things like that really interesting and i think that's going to be a big area that we see growth in um in the future where maybe you know where before it was engagement was the only thing that people measured and i and i want to be clear it's not that it's not that I think engagement is done or finished or not important anymore. I think it continues to be important, but I think there are other things that are at play. It's not just this one kind of psychological process that's important anymore. I think there are lots of other things at play um, that organizations need to think about. And to come back to your, to come back to what I, you know, I, you sort of were talking about, you know, what's the right thing to measure there. And I think this is where, you know, this is where I think the market is just needs to become fundamentally more mature and is becoming more mature from what I see. This is where companies have to really ask themselves, what is it that we're looking for in our HR strategy? What is it that we need from our people in order to be successful as an organization? And then design what you need to measure around that. You know, if you're, um, if you are, you know, work with an energy company, right? They have a large call center population. It's not really about heavy engagement, frankly, um, for them or, 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 you know, sort of long-term commitment into the organization. Um, it's actually about sort of being enabled to get your job done and being motivated um, and, and believing in what you're doing and talking about your, to your customers, you know, to, to do that. It's a slightly different twist mm -hmm. of what they need from their people. At the same time, I, I met with a mm -hmm. kind of very large technical, um, uh, they design a company that designs computer chips last week so very highly yep. technical population precision sort of engineering work um and they really need um they need their people to be able to innovate they need to be able to stay ahead of their competition and innovate in their space and they also need processes to execute perfectly you know to reduce as much efficiency as possible in their system so those are the two things that they need from their people so their metric might look quite different you know from another organization and yeah. i think it's i don't think it's going to change drastically but I think it's about sort of really trying to understand what you need to get from your people is it retention um you know I can tell you for call tricks retention is everything you know that's our number one metric that we need to measure in our people or is it all commitment or is it engagement or you know whatever it might be mm. Mm. it's interesting is that somebody specializing in productivity um as well mm. I, I find it I, I was just sort of thinking to myself well actually if you determine, so to think about the old thing about having the tools and equipment to do the job, you know, to think about mm -hmm. engagement mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. that being one element of it. If you determine mm -hmm. that, that that people have to have these particular items, you know, this computer and, as you say, a mobile phone, and they've got to have the right yeah. um, software on there and all that sort of stuff. If you've determined that that is, yeah. you know, highly important for an individual to do their job properly, what often happens in organizations is, is something gets missed or they don't quite get it on time or whatever. And then when you do a survey, you get the stuff that says, you know, oh, the company doesn't care right. about us or whatever. And, and it, might, right. it might be about things like the tools and equipment. But if you know that in order for them to do the best job, they need, you know, items A, B, C, D and E. And then you've got right. a, a survey a process where you're saying, did you get A, B, C, D, and E on the days that you were supposed to get right. it? And you can measure that and improve that so that they do perfectly yeah. get everything they need at the time they need it. I can see how that right. would really make a, a massive difference. Um, That's exactly uh, right. You know, and you know, or, uh, and, and and sort of surveying the process and the, you know, did that happen when it should have happened? Bit as opposed to. Yeah 
going with the bigger questions and then because you end up with so many sort of qualitative responses don't you what you try and analyze from organizations quite often yeah. surveys and actually some of that stuff wouldn't ever come up because it'd just be job done because you'd measured it and yeah. improved it every time yeah that's that's exactly right and and mm. I think that's you know that's something that we um are going to start pushing a lot more next year in terms of you know we we, we talk about it meeting people where they are um, and I think the digital workplace is, 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 you know, as you said, it's when you go in and you use the system that you need that's been put together for you to get the job done. That's really when you want to get that feedback. We um, we do an integration with um, Salesforce and we do it in, yeah. in the context of our customer work. But, you know, um, there's no reason why you couldn't also have, you know, an, a, a, a pop up or a piece of, of feedback that you ask for people to give you when they're using Salesforce as employees you know, to tell you, okay, is this, is this helpful for you? Has this process worked? Has this system worked? I think there's an awful lot that could be done there. And I really think that's what we're seeing is, is gathering this kind of data from, from different places. Um, you know, as you know, we, we recently announced that we, well, we've recently been acquired by SAP and SAP are, are kind of the masters in, um, in, in gathering all of those different types of data. So um, we've made no secret in our in our forthcoming partnership with them that that's something that we're both very excited to be working on together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. So we're just moving mm-hmm. to the last few minutes of the show. What, what sort of um, final thoughts, tips, ideas, um, areas to focus on do you have for, for our listeners? Mm-hmm. Well, I think... Um, we one of the things that we asked was around this notion of how often people wanted to receive feedback so quite often you know we approach things from the perspective of organizations how much we want to hear feedback right but we don't yeah. often i've not seen any research at least that's asked employees how much they want to be asked to respond to feedback and so we asked um in, in uh, the pulse that we ran earlier this year the research project um, we actually asked people how often would you like to be asked to respond to a survey um, and we gave them a number of different often options sort of um, never was one of them um, every day you know once a week once a month every three months every six months and once a year um, and we would I was genuinely interested to see what would come up you know top of the list because I really didn't really know um, and funnily enough so the most popular item that came up for the UK was every three months were 21%. So 21% of people said they wanted to be asked every three months. And then the next most popular was every six months at 20%. Um, once mm-hmm. a year was actually fourth, fourth down on the list. So once a year um, had 14%. So it, it, it seemed that it really is not, you know, not the, the most popular option um, where people want to be asked for feedback, which I thought was interesting because I think for a lot of organizations, it's still kind of the entry point or it's still very much the norm. Um, what got really interesting is that we actually then wanted to segment that result by age bracket. So we were curious to know whether that sort of shifted from younger employees to older employees. Um, and when we broke out the different brackets, by younger employees, which we defined as under 25, um, versus older employees, which we defined as over 55. Um, so we asked, we sort of broke out those different options, and we found that, broadly speaking, for all of the cadences that were kind of once every three months or less, they were more popular with the older employees, and all of the cadences that were less, that were sorry, that were more frequent, 
than um, every three months were more popular with the younger employees. So, the, which is not not wholly surprising, um, but it was definitely mm. a very clear trend in the data that we saw. And only 5% of employees under 25, only 5% thought that once a year was enough. Yeah, interesting. I think we all know, but it was just such a clear message of how the whole landscape is changing and, and people do want to be asked for feedback. But at the same time, it's, they're not telling us that they want to be asked for feedback once a month. This isn't like turning into, mm. you know, and they're certainly not saying that they want to be asked once a, a week. You know, this is, this is, they're not saying we want to be getting, getting, you, you know, we don't want you to be reaching out to us all the time, but they are saying, you know, every three months, every six months is when we really want to be asked to yeah. respond to a feedback survey from our employee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, um, well, it, it, whenever you do anything and you get those trends, it's, it's always encouraging that, it, that, that, that it's not just equal across the board and it doesn't really tell you anything. <laughs> so I guess no. it's a good sign that there's differences, but I guess it then also creates challenges in okay. multi-generational workforces, how you hit the, the the points enough so that you're not doing it too much for some yeah. and too little for others, you know, and, and that, Very that true. creates its own challenges, doesn't it? You can't really sort of go, well, Very it's true. Back, we're only going to ask you this amount of times. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think, you, I think part of that... Talking. Oh, yeah, oh. carry on. Go, yep. mm-hmm. No, go on. Yeah. It's all right. We go. can wrap up. Just <laughs> speak <you> quickly. <laughs> and um, I was going to say, yeah, I think... I, I think have to, you'll have to come back. Oh, yeah, thank you. So delay. Thank now, you. All good. So delay. All good. Um, so yeah, it's been great having Sarah on, and yeah, come back please because I, I think there's some really interesting stuff in there that we still haven't covered. So it would be great to get you back onto the show. And uh, thank you for another amazing year on the show this year. Um, this is our sixth year now, so we're heading into our seventh year next year. Uh, we're off now for two weeks over Christmas and New Year, and we, you know, wish you a, a lovely, uh, relaxing, festive time, everybody. And our next show will be on Monday, the 7th of January, when Joe Moffat will be back with a returning guest, another returning guest, who's Eamon Tihami from Motor V, and they'll be talking uh, about... Um, Oh, I've just completely forgotten what they were talking about, and I didn't write it on my note. <laughs> so uh, they'll be talking about something very interesting around employee engagement for the new year, she said, covering up for that uh, small admin failure. So have a great festive season, everyone, and we will catch you in the new year. Engage for Success Radio, raising the profile of employee engagement and shining a light on good practice for people who believe there's a better way to work.